Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime, Neil Kulong, to my left. What's up, Neil? Lance, I can't believe what I just saw, and that is the theme that we said probably over the last six games last season. So we're picking up right where we left off. Different names, different faces, same anemic offense, same thrilling conclusion to a game that just seemed stupid in many, many ways. But wow, what a defense, Lance. What a defense. Yes, we are going to jump right into it before we hop into the program. If you want to join us on the experience of the YouTube side of it, make sure you go to YouTube and do a search for the new standard in Lance Williams. I want to thank everybody who's been liking and subscribing to the show recently. They have gone up. Our, our popularity has gone up a ton. I suspected it would when the season started. Also, if you want to hear the program via podcast, you can go to Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or to Spotify and do a search for the new standard. Before we hop into the program, I do want to send my condolences out to anyone who lost a family member and just to everyone in general uh, on this day, 9-11. Let's never forget what happened on this day. Um, we are grateful uh, for the contributions of the military and everybody else involved and, and that we're able to still watch football. So condolences out and let's never forget what happened today on 9-11. I also want to send a big shout out to my kids, godmother Erica Spencer Brown for her birthday today. I also want to send a big shout out to Plant Based Planet, my boy Kwame's his outstanding show. They do an outstanding show on vegan stuff. And last but not least, I want to send a big shout out to the sponsor of the program, Peer Health, redefine your health, redefine your future. Take a look at their URL. It is in the description of the show. It is peer, P-E-A-R dot health. The URL is peer dot health, like the fruit. Pear, peer, I know, sorry about that. My pronunciation at times is a mix of coasts. So it is peer.com, like the fruit. Neil, before I, before I toss it to you, I'm really into narratives. And I, I like to really talk about the thematic nature of football. And when I'm watching this game, the word that jumped to me immediately was sustainable. And I just want, and I, and I had to go to Webster's because I wanted to define it clearly. <laughs> And sustainable means the ability to be maintained at a certain level or rate. Now, once I looked up the word sustainable, I start thinking about the question, is this formula sustainable for winning? They got a five turnover performance. I believe they got eight or nine sacks. However, they also only got 54 yards of rushing about that in the game. They got about 150 yards passing. They punted the ball, I think, nine times. So when I think about the word sustainable and I look at this game, it also makes me think of the narratives surrounding floors and ceilings. I think this whole game <clears throat> is going to be indicative of this entire season. And I, and I hate to jump to it in the first game of the season, but sometimes as I did my rewatch last year, I didn't believe what I was seeing in the Buffalo game. And what I saw in the Buffalo game turned out to be the narrative and sort of the theme of the year. What we have seen already, and I'll answer my own question, then I'll toss it to you, Neil. This is not sustainable. The things that we saw in this game are absolutely not sustainable. They are not going to play a better defensive game this year. One, because the injury to TJ Watt, hopefully it is not serious, but that is a serious injury when you're talking about a peck with a defensive player or, or a peck with any football player. So we're going to wish the best for TJ. This just isn't sustainable. Five turnovers, you get five turnovers in a game. To, to be able to score 23 points and five turnovers, this just isn't sustainable. And after watching this game, 
I think as Steeler fans, we better hope that this is not the defensive ceiling, but we better also hope that this is the offensive floor, that they can't really get any worse offensively. Unfortunately, I think we've hit the high note and the low note in the first game of the season in this five quarters of scintillating football. What's your thoughts, Neil? On, on what part of that? You, you lost me three minutes ago. You know, just um, I, I don't need a I don't need a dictionary definition. It's absolutely not even close to sustainable. That was one of the strangest NFL games you're ever going to see. Multiple missed field goals, multiple injuries that impacted those field goals. You lost star players on both sides. It, it, it's a Steelers offense that couldn't have been more different in terms of their offense and their defense, the height of which and the, the the depth of the other. I don't think they could play another game like this because I don't, I don't know how many games like this have ever happened in NFL history. It, it's until they put the two seconds back on the clock. That was about to be the first time in NFL history, in modern NFL history, the extra extra point was blocked or missed in a tie game with zero seconds left on the clock. That's never happened before. And then it got crazier after that. Neither team was was fielding the ball particularly well. You don't see games in which it, there is a five to zero turnover differential, and it, it go into overtime. Let alone usually it's a blowout of some type. It was absolutely crazy top to bottom. I think we're we're looking at exactly Lance what we talked about all off season. This is a defense that can hang, and it's an offense that can't. And that's that was today. The second half today, I'm sure most of you are expecting me to say this, the second half of, of this game saw Mitch Trubisky play some of the worst quarterback. Uh, uh, we've seen the worst quarterback play out of Mitch Trubisky in the second half that we will ever see in the NFL. He was terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, I and Not even looking at the All-22 film, I'm, I'm certain there are receivers who were open. I'm certain there were better decisions he could have made. It, it, the offense overall, no, it's not a good offensive line. We, we should not be blaming absolutely everything except the quarterback when the quarterback doesn't play well. Ben isn't here anymore, okay? It's not an all-pro quarterback under center. He played terribly, and he played lower than those who were around him. That's going to be a constant theme early on this season. He's not good enough to, to not have anybody else doing anything with him. And when he's bad, everyone else is going to drop down even more. That to me is really more of what this is about. If you, you know, we'll get into the injuries as soon as we see any updates here coming from the locker room. But the only thing we hear about TJ Watt right now, um, they fear a pec injury. A pec injury almost means a tear of some type. A tear oftentimes requires surgery and it is oftentimes a, a year long injury. We hope that's not the case. But even if it's not, he's probably going to be out for a while. So, the Steelers are going to have to make hay with uh, the the trio of Alex Highsmith, who I thought played very well today. Uh, Jameer Jones, who got in a lot more time than we thought that he would. And um, uh, Malik uh, uh, Reed. God, I keep forgetting his name. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, not a good situation. We saw Cam Hayward leave the field late in the game. We saw uh, um, Najee Harris leave the game late in the field. Uh, not good. These are not players the Steelers could lose. And just to address the, the issue that many of you have already brought up, I did not wish injury upon TJ Watt. What I said was pass rushers in the NFL do not last five, six seasons without injury when they're playing 900 plus snaps a season. It doesn't happen. And frankly, it, it didn't. Okay. I'm not, I, I did not wish it. I'm not bragging about it. I'm just saying that happens a lot with players of, of his size, of his level of explosion. And what will the Steelers have without him? That was the question that I was asking. Watt played a hell of a game. Cam Hayward might have played the best game we've ever seen him play. We got just phenomenal performances from several players on defense. I haven't even mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick yet. That was his best game as a pro, in, in my opinion. That might be the only game we get this season with all those guys on the field. And it's too bad because this offense doesn't have a chance, not after what we saw today. Yeah, and we're seeing different people in the chat, Blue Gold and several others are saying that ESPN and both the NFL are saying it's a torn peck. I took a look at the ESPN article, and I know Brooke Pryor is saying that the Steelers think it's possibly a torn peck. I don't think it's official yet. Also, there's some troubling injury information in terms of Najee Harris, who went out 
with the foot that he had hurt during the preseason bad. with the mm-hmm. Liz Frank, and that did not look good as well. And, you know, and so this gets us back to, again, you know, the narratives we've been talking about for years um, or, or about this offense and about this team is that, you know, when you're trying to win football games, you have to have a formula that is fairly sustainable. And this type of playing football is not sustainable overall, where you have to play essentially pitch a perfect game on defense on the road to win 23-20 in overtime when a team misses multiple field goal attempts, you miss multiple field goal attempts, and you score a defensive touchdown. I didn't add that to the game. I mean, they scored a defensive touchdown and just won the game by three points with five turnovers. You know, this is not sustainable. And hopefully this is not going to be the narrative for the entire year. Hopefully we haven't seen it, but I'm really thinking that we have seen it. Like we've seen the absolute high from a defensive perspective. I don't know how much better you can play as a defense, particularly if it is true that TJ Watt is out for the year. Cam Hayward got banged up in the game, did come back in later, but, um, you know, we were pretty spot on, Neil. I, I think we're in midseason form. I think our breakdown of the game with Chris Worling of Bengals Wire was spot on. I mean, we pretty much kind of dissected this game, you know, pretty tightly. I mean, I picked the Steelers to win 24-20. You guys picked the Bengals. But the way we talked about the game was really sort of how this game played out. You know, a lot of it was pass protection. Chris did not think that the Bengals would hold up with their pass protection. And that pretty much was the basis of the day. And what you can see on both sides of the ball is clearly when you have some questions on offensive line, playing offense is a struggle and a challenge. And we saw the defense really get after it. And they got after your boy, your bison on the second snap of the game. Let, let's get into that a little bit. You're you're going to see poor Cordell Volson get savaged in film. I mean, he got raked several times. I it, it, it's I like to have if it's not possible to, but I really like to have Chris back on right now to discuss this, just because I I don't think I've ever seen an interior offensive lineman get beaten as badly as he did today. That might be Cam Hayward's best game as a pro. And that, that says a lot. It comes with a big asterisk, though, because Cordell Volson, a fourth-round pick playing in his, in, in his first game going up against Cam Hayward, Dan Moore never even had that. That would have been Dan Moore going up against Miles Garrett for, for the first snaps of his career last year, and that didn't happen to him, fortunately. Uh, it, Garrett beat his ass pretty badly on, on Halloween, but he had a couple games going into it. Poor Volson had nothing, and he got – destroyed cam ate that guy alive for for five quarters essentially well four and a half at least until he got hurt um really unfortunate injury there but oh my god cam was a cam was a warrior today several players on defense where it was a it, it was a great a great performance overall but the the asterisk poor cordell volson didn't he didn't hang today <laughs> he was not a Cam, first play of the game, Cam destroyed him. And it, it wasn't even really doing a whole lot. He just went, he just went straight after him. I mean, it, Volson was closer to Burrow than Mixon was in this game. It was, oh, man, that was fun. I and, enjoyed and, that. Poor and, Bison. But. And Corey Hatcher, being a football coach, big up to Corey, will appreciate this. The arrogance that Cincinnati came out with on the first drive, going empty, setting up a one-on-one between Hayward and Volson, I thought, like, come on, the hubris here. I mean, are you really going to put yeah, your rookie six, in this six. position? <laughs> First two plays. I mean, are, are you really going to put your rookie? And, and we talked about it also in breaking down the game. You backed off of it just a little bit by not wanting to call the first game of the season, the fourth preseason game. But you can clearly see, you know, there's not necessarily a right formula, I believe, to get your team prepared. But you clearly saw that the Bengals were a tick late. Um, Joe Burrow was playing a tick slow. Um, Burrow was, he, first half Burrow was bad. He I mean, was he, really, looked a, really bad. He, t- he looked a tick slow. He looked like he was not processing things quickly. And the Steelers were on fire with the pass rush against a newly constructed offensive line. 
all of those things we talked about on the show, um, the pregame show manifested themselves immediately in this game. And when you're in that position, you're in a rock and a hard place as a coordinator. All of a sudden, your plan is not going to work because you can't block it. And the Steelers were able to get a lot of pressure with four. What was your thoughts on the performance of the secondary? Because I think you were spot on and you've been spot on over these last few months about just what you thought you would see defensively from that secondary. A lot of different guys, a lot of versatility, a lot of dime, a lot of nickel. But you really were, I think, were first out there predicting that this secondary would be really solid. It wasn't even just the secondary as far as their depth went. The secondary, I think, was fairly obvious. And we, we could just look at, at uh, the transactional decisions that they made. They paid two cornerbacks who started on, on their, their in the previous year uh, $4 million over two years to come in. Are you going to bench one of them and start the other? I mean, it just seems kind of weird. Akella Witherspoon and Levi Wallace, they both played a lot of snaps today. Cam Sutton is still there, and they signed back Arthur Mollette as well. Mollette had the best game of anybody, not named Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary. He played really well. All of those guys got run today. I think that's what the Steelers are planning on doing, which is really unfortunate considering they lost like three starters by the second half of this game. But overall, I think Mike Tomlin's strategy here is to put together a unit that they can use in a multitude of different ways. They have continuity among their, their defensive coaches, by and large. Most of those guys have been there. Terrell Austin was not the coordinator last year, but he knows the ins and outs of everybody. The players have, have remained consistent for them. They brought in you know guys here and there. They have new guys working in, but they've got their core team locked in place. With that, you're able to build on, on, just, on stuff beyond just the basics. There are more things that they can do. There are more looks that they can throw out there. And let, let's put aside the appendectomy stuff for Burrow. Let's put aside the first game, first week stuff. Is it possible the Steelers' defense just confused the hell out of him? Because to be honest with you, two of the yeah. interceptions he threw were terrible decisions. Looking yeah, at him in replay, I have no idea what he saw. Minka was on top of the defender. He had time to jump over him and catch the ball. I don't, I don't know what Burrow was thinking. I don't know what Burrow saw in that. Um, it, it, the one in the second half was the same. Like, How could you possibly think that's open? I don't think that you do. You must not have seen him. You must have looked off of him and thought he was going somewhere else. We have to factor that in. When you have that kind of depth, you can do different things and have guys do different things at different times because you're not expecting them to because he wasn't the same guy last time. It's a new guy. It forces the quarterback to have to know more of what's going on. And Burrow, I mean, it's hard to argue that Burrow played a pretty good game today. He did a lot of really good things, to be honest. I was very impressed with him a lot in the second half. But overall... His game isn't all that great. Right? I think the Steelers' defense imposed uh, some of that uh, onto him this afternoon. If the Steelers go ahead and indeed make the playoff this year, this will be one of those games like last year's Buffalo game that you will have to highlight as one of those games in which it is very improbable that you win, but you win. Let me let me let me give you some numbers to illustrate just how improbable this win was. Total first downs. The Steelers had 13 for the game to the Bengals, 32. Third down efficiency. The Steelers were 4 of 15, 26% to the Bengals, 8 of 16. Total net yards. The Steelers had 267 to the Bengals, 432. Total offensive plays. The Steelers ran 61 plays to the Bengals, 94. Rushing yards. Steelers, 75 Bengals 133, Steelers average 4.4 point, excuse me, 4.4 yards per play. Gross passing 194 to 338. Time of possession 43 minutes for the Bengals to the Steelers 26 minutes. This is about as improbable as a victory as you can get. Looking at them offensively, what do you think the plan was coming into this game offensively? Was it just not to make mistakes? Let's let the defense kind of carry us. Let's peek and poke. Let's not make some mistakes, and, and we'll see what we get, and we'll see what it is. Let's just not lose the game for this team, and we can pretty much stay in it. That's not a plan. Um, you, you don't plan for that. I mean, I think what they tried to do was a lot of the same stuff that we saw last year, and this, this is what – I, I have often talked about when people that 
clamored over the hope and excitement of the hashtag Canada's offense movement. We saw it last year. The playmakers don't really matter if you don't have protection and you don't have a good quarterback who can see the whole field. They tried to do a lot of things, and that's why they were fairly – I'm not even sure I would say fairly. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that. I'll, I'll backtrack it. But they were fairly productive early in the scripted plays when they were doing the things that they were most familiar with. They mixed it up well. They, they, they did some okay things. They started off, they completed the first three passes. I think Johnson got a first down on, on that first um, uh, third down play that they had. Didn't go their way. Fine. They, they did enough where – you see all of the things that everyone talks about with hashtag Canada's offense. But over the course of the game, if you don't have playmakers, if you can't get playmakers the ball, they're not really worth much. It's not just about scheme. You've got to have the players to do it as well. This goes back to Trubisky. I, I can't say this enough. He played terribly in the second half and in overtime in this game. He made very poor decisions. He threw the ball where it didn't need to go. Do you know how many... <clears throat> Maybe somebody else can answer this if they have stats in front of them. I'm not going to be able to find this right now. I don't think we've seen a Steelers game over the last – go back to Haley. I don't think we've seen a Steelers game with as few yards after the catch as the Steelers had today. That is largely indicative of a quarterback who did not throw his receivers open, and that was Trubisky today. He threw short behind the line of scrimmage. He went across the middle a little bit. I know everyone loves that. you got to have that. Tried deep once and it didn't work. This is no different than the offense we've seen. And everyone said it was going to be different. No, no, we've seen it. He's not a good quarterback. Ben didn't play well last year. Trubisky doesn't have a whole lot of ceiling. There's not much you can do. I'll have to look at the numbers again. I'm not sure how many RPOs they ran, but they didn't run for anything today. That was one of the worst running performances we've seen out of this team in a very long time. It was bad. I mean, it, it, I, I could go on for hours about how terrible this offense was today. <clears throat> for me, it's going to come down to the fact that Mitch Trubisky is very limited. When they needed him to make plays, he rarely did. He did not do well at all today. Don't tell me that he did. He didn't. Don't tell yeah. me about the offensive line. They can be whatever they are. Their quarterback needs to make plays, and he didn't. That's why when you have third and four, you throw to Deontay Johnson, who's inexplicably a yard shy of the marker, and there's four guys on the short side of the field. Why did Trubisky throw that pass? Makes zero sense. Should not do that. It's better off throwing it down into the ground. You throw it short like that, he's not going anywhere. You're risking a fumble. It, it's it's a poor decision. Should we get into the whole, I, I don't know, maybe, Lance, maybe you can explain to me what Trubisky was doing when he ran up to right about the line of scrimmage and sat there like he was playing dodgeball or something completely unaware there was a guy behind him how he didn't fumble on that play is an act of god that's it that is one of the dumbest plays i have ever seen in in the nfl that's your quarterback steelers fans for everybody that said how great this guy is he does stuff like that not to mention the fact he's trying to out juke an nfl defensive back in the open field he would have gotten killed if hendricks didn't hit him from behind which says a lot because, again, he should have fumbled the ball. I don't know how he didn't. Miracle that he didn't. Well, I know how he, he had a lot of that from Trubisky today. A lot I of know, that. I know how he didn't fumble. He has larger hands than Joe Burrow. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> Bro, Burrow has five turnovers in this game, and he was the better quarterback today. That's how bad Trubisky was. Trubisky That's didn't turn the ball over, and he played like ass. That's awful. And, and, and here's the thing, and that's why I wanted to go to the word sustainable, is that the Steelers won the game, and it still doesn't feel really great just because none of us think this is sustainable. Let's jump to Corey's question, and because I know I wanted to throw this to you because you posted a little bit about the, the play call at the play calling at the end of the game. Uh, up six that third and four that, yeah that, that I couldn't believe but 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 let me tee it up for you <laughs> and, and, and here's Corey's question WTF was going on in Canada's head to call a pass play when you're trying to run the clock out like the whole sequence especially after Najee gets hurt I was just like run it again get as many time get get as much off the clock as you can in that situation they don't incomplete pass. You still got about 140 left. And 
you know, under most circumstances, you lose that game because you leave entirely too much time on the clock. What was your thoughts on the play calls, that last sequence on that drive? First off, I just like to point out at the time of recording, Patrick Mahomes just threw his third touchdown pass of the game. He is 16 for 19 for 163 yards. He has outperformed Mitch Trubisky in one quarter of football. Trubisky had five. All right. Little deficit there. Secondly, the play calling. Okay, here the situation that you have, they have two timeouts. Okay. You can't just kneel on it. You've got to, you've got to move the ball. You've got to try to kind of compete for a first down. It's not saying that you're not. At the same time, you have so little confidence in your running game, which to be honest, I think was fair by that point of the game. But you need the clock to keep moving. You need a first down. You really need to get the first down. So if you're gonna say run on first down, lose your running back. No, sorry, that was that was later. No, Najee was still in at this point. Second down, you're going to throw the ball. That's what you're going to do. You can't throw quick like that. You can't throw into traffic. He threw it around a bunch of guys. Two of them were in the air. I'm not even sure which one batted the pass down, but he didn't even compete. He didn't even give the receiver a chance. It, it was just a, a very poorly timed throw. At the same time, what he could have done and this happened by not by design, but by the fact that offensively they screwed up a bunch in, in the second half. The he could have just you know pumped it and moved out of the pocket and tried to move forward. Okay, yards aren't even important at that point. If you don't have that short throw and that is the only option you're given on the play, you're better off not throwing it. Tuck the ball, try to get yards. It'd be great if you could get yards, but you have to keep the clock moving. The fact he threw it and that hit the elbow of the defensive player, it wasn't even close. That's how telegraphed it was. They knew full well that was coming. Zero reason for them to do that in that situation. It was poorly executed. You could run the ball and keep the clock going. Instead, with the injury that happened the play before that and the incomplete pass, they burned, what, eight seconds off the clock? Really, all they did was get like back-to-back 15-yard penalties like the Bengals of old and knocked him back to the 40-yard and gave him the gave him the ball back. They had a chance to win the game. Should have won the game, to be honest. It, it's not entirely because of that play call, but you have to do things, I don't want to say the right way, but you really need to stay on schedule with odds at that point. If you can't run the ball, you can't run the ball. I get it. But if you're going to go three and out and punt, you need to burn their two timeouts. You need to run one all the way down to 39 of the 40 seconds that you get between plays to lessen the amount of time they have the ball and they have no timeouts. Why you'd throw short in that situation makes zero sense to the short side of the field with a bunch of defenders right there. That play is not going anywhere, even if he does catch it. So why don't you just run the ball far less risk of the clock stopping you're not getting a great completion in that situation. And again, nobody ran after the catch in this game. And that's because the quarterback isn't accurate. You know all these things going into it. Why you call that, I, I don't know. I have no idea. But it, it was a perplexing and incredibly stupid decision that was made that almost cost them the game. And frankly, it should have. The Bengals have a normal snapper in the game. They win. I think we all know that. Very... I can't argue with anything that you said. Um, big up to Felicia. Welcome, Felicia, for hopping into the program. What's up, Fifi? I want you to speak to really quickly. And, you know, Steelers Freak says some stuff that's absolutely hilarious, but I've never seen it framed, you know, like he said it, a concerning win. Like, that's absolutely what this is. And I think that's a great description of this game was a concerning win. But this is one of those games where you take the dub, you move forward, but it's going to be a costly one if TJ is this, indeed out for the this season. First off, I, I want to give an update on that, Lance. There are players in the locker room who are speaking like emotionally about TJ Watt. Not a good sign. <laughs> they know. You, you, you get an MRI to confirm it, but athletes at that level know when there's something that, that happens to them and they're speaking about it. I, I think they know the way this is going to end. Definitely not a good thing. Um, and you could you could see from his reaction too. He he yeah, he, he mouthed he, it on the air. He said he yeah. tore his pec. I don't. Yes. I, I hate being the guy that wants to to propagate that. I'm not a doctor, but I am saying they don't say those things unless they know. Okay, it, it just they don't. It, I want we'll you to wait know. for it to be confirmed. We're not saying it, but 
you know, it waddles around, has web feet and quacks. And we kind of know what it is. Um, Najee Harris is seen walking around the locker room with his right foot and calf heavily wrapped. But he is walking. That's according to Chris Adamski of the Tribune Review. Not good. Not Neither of those are, are good things. Nothing I've seen yet to this point on Hayward. But, um, yes, getting back to uh, where were we? Play calls still? Because that wasn't no, the I only to, weird wanted, play call, the whole thing. I wanted to toss you uh, to you, uh, V. Wood. What's up, Vernon? Vernon Wood, Damian Woody's cousin. What's up, V. Wood? Um, I wanted you to, to speak to the point because I, I don't want to – my football kind of sixth sense is kind of thinking what Wood is saying, but I don't want to jump to it too quickly. But I want to toss it to you, Neil. Vernon wrote, you can't tell me that – you can't tell me that Mitch Trubisky gives the Steelers a better chance to win than, than Kenny Pickett. The only reason I would say that he does is as bad as Trubisky played, he didn't turn it over. I mean, <laughs> and, and and that's and that's like one it's of stretching those out here, Lance. That, <laughs> that's, an off, that's an offhanded <sighs> compliment. But you know, sometimes you have to tee it up to your co-host. Because I'm just going <laughs> to sit back and get my popcorn ready. Because Vernon, you didn't got Hurricane Coolong, Hurricane Neal started. And uh, let's just duck our heads because the twister is coming. So to okay. Vernon's point, you can't tell that Mitch Trubisky gives us a better chance to win than Kenny. I toss it to you, Neil. Right now, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Um, nobody who has watched this show more than once and for probably 10 minutes thinks that I am a big Mitch Trubisky fan. Nobody. I like Kenny Pickett. I like what I saw of Kenny Pickett. Mitch Trubisky did something in the preseason that, that, that happens. The phenomenon of only having to play on script for 12, 13 plays. Does some things well, and I praised him for doing those things. I thought he did okay on script today. I think he was seven of his first 10 short stuff. They didn't really challenge him. They, they went over the top to Boykin once for whatever reason they wanted to waste that snap. I don't know, but it, he was okay. You weren't too upset. It, it didn't look too bad. They got off of script and they had to, to make adjustments and do the things that, that they would do normally within the offense that they plan to run. And he was God awful. He was absolutely horrendous to the point where, you made the investment in him, and I understand, but you can't be nice to him in film. There's no way you can mask a few of the plays that he made, and they were decisive plays. For me right now, if Kenny Pickett is not the answer for week two, he's going to be sooner rather than later. That's how bad Trubisky was today, and and don't try to tell me that, that he wasn't. I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it because I keep hearing it from everybody. Quarterback makes the decisions on the field. You blame the quarterback for making those decisions. You don't blame everybody else around him. The quarterback is the guy that makes the money. He's the guy wearing the C on his shoulder. He's the guy in the position to affect the most of the game. Okay. He was just, our, the Steelers quarterback was just outplayed by a quarterback who turned the ball over five times. It's not even close. Burrow was better today than Trubisky was. And you can't, it, it, it almost takes effort to turn the ball over five times in a game. Burrow looked really bad on five plays and looked great on a lot of plays. Trubisky never looked great this entire game. He made very poor decisions. He is not nearly as mobile as, as people think that he is because he's, he's, he's plotting. He's a guy that could run straight toward the sideline and pick up yards. And he even failed to do that. He stopped at one point and tried to outjuke a safety. I can't say that enough. He was awful. If it is not time for Pickett right now, it is going to be sooner rather than later. That to me, that's how bad Pickett or uh, excuse me, Trubisky was today. It was awful. You know what? Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Sorry. I'm gonna I'm I'm hopping back in to, to Mel's comment. He he rolled off to his right. He got to the sideline off his back foot. He threw across his body to the middle of the field to a 5'10 receiver in the end zone. Okay. I was a backup high school quarterback 
And I know one thing, you never try to do that. Never. That should have been picked off. I think it would have been picked off seven to 10 times. He got extremely lucky today. It was an incredibly stupid decision that would have cost him three points and would have cost him the game. Deontay Johnson is not a combat catch receiver. You can't lob it up to him in the end zone like that. Should have been intercepted. It was a, a terrible decision. And he made like six or seven of those kinds of decisions in this game. It, it, you're, not, you're not going to win with a guy like that. Today was an absolute fluke. Not as bad as the Titans game, which Lance, you know I love talking about. Not as bad as that game. But it, honestly, in, in review, it might be. The only difference, it, I don't know. Is there a difference? Was that worse? It might have been worse. Was that a dumber win in the Titans game last year? It was a win all the same. It was, you'll never is, win another game the, like that. This I mean, is that, the kind that, of win that's going to get them up to seven this season. Yes. That's yes. the value. that This team is, yes. is not good. It, we're not confirming it. We're not announcing it. Don't aggregate it or anything like that. I think it, it's fairly clear. It seems most likely TJ Watt's going to be out for the year. If you lose Watt for the season, your defense is not going to last all that long. They're, they're not that good to lose that big of an impact player. And Watt was a machine today. Four or five guys were machines today. They have to play like that every single game to win on the last play of the game in overtime. That's how yes. good the defense had to be today. You're going to do that 17 times? You're going to do that 10 times? No. no and way. that goes back to the adjective sustainable, the ability to be maintained at a certain level or rate. And unfortunately, when we look at this football team, the things that I think they will be able to sustain aren't winnable, don't lead to wins. I think what can't be sustained is the level of play that this defense had. But unfortunately for them, I think what can be sustained is their level of inept offense. I think if you have Mitch Trubisky as the starter, this type of offense with that inconsistent line play is sustainable. And I think the combination of that offense and that defense not being able to sustain that level um, really could be bad. And I love your comment, Neil. We're breaking down the defense because the offense is already broken, repackaged, put back in a box, and it's waiting on an Amazon truck. I don't know if it's waiting for an Amazon truck because I am um, – waiting for a package for me from Amazon. But Steelers Wire pointed out, <laughs> bringing up a, a positive, they did stop the run. Mixed Mix looked really good today, too. That was that was a great effort on, on the run defense's part. Mixon, Mixon made a lot of yards uh, where a, a normal back wouldn't. I was really impressed with him today. He's going to have a big year. And to Melvin's point, you know, Watt, Minka, and Cam played like guys that get a lot of money. I mean, that's what you want. Guys that get paid a bunch of money Truth. come out and play incredible football. And I thought that call, I, I thought the roughing, um, or I thought the um, personal foul was bad in the end zone. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, everybody it's... is struggling early in games. I, I thought the officials struggled on some calls as well. To Claude Bishop's point, I thought Devin Bush played well today. Um, <clears throat> I, I thought he was solid. Um, I, I thought overall the secondary was solid. I mean, that defense, as you could see, with everything clicking and flowing, that the defense is probably close to being there. But this offense is just not, not really there. Let me, let's jump into a question from Corey, another question from Corey. And I want you to, I want you to answer this one, Neil. More Explain questions to you me, guys. Throw it out here. Explain to me why Spillane is on the field in passing situations. The only explanation I could think of is that they don't want Bush there. Um, I didn't see it, but I think Spillane had the dot, didn't he? I mean, it looked almost look. He, wait, there's two of sure. them now. I think they have two of them now, and Spillane had one of them. So that that's their decision. It wasn't like an in-game thing or anything. Um, I, I I can't be certain on that because where I sit right now, I don't know exactly what they were doing uh, within their sub packages. But while I, I do want to echo this as well, as, as a, a guy that I dogged all off season, I thought Devin Bush availed himself pretty well today. I, I was, I was happy with what I saw out of him. Um, he came to play and that, that's, that's good to see. I, I hope to see that. I was rooted for the guy. I want him to do well. He did, I thought he did a pretty good job today. Um, 
Spillane probably had lesser of a game. Um, he got caught a couple times. They knew they knew when he was on the field. That's for sure. They went after him. Um, beyond that, I think it's just they they want to stay uh, bigger against the run, and they have more faith uh, with him uh, coming up field to attack downhill than than Bush. Um, I don't think that's unfair after one week. Maybe it changes. I'm not sure. I, I don't know what they want to do, but um, where it sits, I think it's it's just they 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 probably want to stay bigger um to discourage the run you saw burrow burrow did a lot of uh, good things with his legs in the fourth quarter and overtime i think he kind of cut it loose a little bit and found some yards on the ground you want to keep a guy like splaying around to shadow that and and limit it if not prevent it he's not great in coverage though it's going to be a problem and if we knew the inside linebackers were going to be the achilles heel of the defense so I, just playing along those lines, I think it's probably more uh, situational than anything. We'll see if that continues, but um, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to say that Bush flat out earned that role either. They did it to him last year. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't good in those situations. <clears throat> yes, to, to pass along some news. Um, sorry, I had it up for a second. All right, go on. Sorry. I'm, That's fine. While it. you pull that up, I want to speak to the comment from Daryl King. Big up to Daryl. Thanks for hopping in the program. Please like and subscribe. If you have not done so previously, please like and subscribe and spread the word. Um, and to Daryl's point, they did enough to just win and the defense can be sustained. Yes, they did enough to win. But I'm guaranteeing you, Daryl, that in that locker room, they're not happy with the way this game went. They take the dub. But the phrase you win and correct is as true in the NFL as as there's ever been a phrase mentioned in the NFL. And it, it it's not that it can't be when I when I'm talking about sustained, I'm saying at that level. That's the key thing to that, is at this certain level. And getting eight sacks, getting five turnovers, that's not sustainable. And it and you better not have to play like that to win in five quarters. And it took five quarters to win. That is not sustainable. You can't play football like this week in, week out and try to win games, especially if T.J. Watt is indeed out for the year with the torn peck. But, Neil, you, are, are you able to speak to a, to a question or are you still looking up some information? I, I was trying to dig for something that I thought that I saw. I don't want to bring it up now if that's not the case. Um, Let me, let's jump into Wes Hickok's point. We'll yeah. up Wes. And, and Wes says, how is it possible that the front office and coaching staff think this O-line is actually good when it's clearly not? How does that happen when, you know, you invest money in free agent pieces, you draft guys, you coach guys, you that, that you kind of know that this offensive line isn't good. How do you get yourself into this position? This is what I think Wes is really asking. Like, how do you get here to where you know your offensive line is really an issue? I think we have to weigh this as part of it. Continuity is not something you can build in a year. Okay, that's literally what the word means. So it, it's it's the fact that they don't have consistent coaching and haven't for several years in a row now they, they they're starting over with their their offensive line coaching staff every year um you still have dan moore who he's got a, a season under his belt at least which is nice i thought he did all right today um i would have bet three holding penalties he only had one so that's good a step in the right direction they're a work in progress they have to continue to build you need time to build that continuity and that 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 continuity is almost like a sixth extra lineman that you have in there when you know what everybody's doing what they're supposed to do but not to to not to keep harping on the same point but pass protection is not entirely the responsibility of your offensive line a lot of that is on your quarterback your running back still contributes to that your tight ends contribute to that your receivers contribute to that when we talk about pass protection that's what's important overall. You have to have everybody on the same page, and that doesn't happen uh, immediately. As far as the run blocking goes, I don't know. Cincinnati is a good unit. I need to, to watch and kind of break down to, to see more of what they're doing or what they're trying to do. Uh, it wasn't good today. It wasn't good at all. Um, it, Najee was seeing ghosts at one point. He got outside. There wasn't anybody there, and he was shaking like he's used to a guy 
uh, being in his face and he has to get an angle on it, cost him a couple yards. You know, issues like that tend to, to come up um, the less time that you have with everybody in tow and that that's really where they are right now. So um, I don't know. It's it, I, I've said this all off season. It, it's going to be a work in progress and they are not going to be good early. And they weren't today. They're all right. Pass protection wise wasn't terrible. Yeah, it wasn't um, bad. Trubisky got a couple plays got blown up early in particular because of because of the rush. Uh, Trubisky did a good job avoiding uh, some pressure early. He just made really dumb decisions with the ball after he got out of out of the pocket. But overall, it just wasn't um, it, it wasn't the overall effort that you wanted to see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting going into next week's game against the New England Patriots, the Steelers home opener, and you know you're not. They're not facing a defense that played, or excuse me, an offense that played very well against Miami, only scored seven points. Um, you know, maybe this is an offense that you can survive early in the year and still be inconsistent on offense and still be able to maybe get away with not having TJ out or, or having TJ out next game. You know, you're not facing Kansas City. Uh, I'm laughing in the comments. Blue Gold, thank you for the uh, – <laughs> Blue Gold made his presence known. And no, Blue Gold, that's not in the background. I make sure that when I watch that, it's when my computer is off. <laughs> I just I just watch on my phone. So Is, to that, make sure... is that on your end, though? Because my kid's, like, enacting World War III with her gaming partners upstairs. I wasn't sure if that might have been it. I assure you it's not porn, but it is kind of loud. I told her to knock it off. And Steelers Freak is absolutely hilarious. Debbie does Cincy. <laughs> that that is maybe uh the the best comment probably of the year. Uh you guys are in form. Um let me let's jump into um Mel's comment because at the end of the day, for as ugly as it is or as it was, dubs are hard to get in the league. And the Steelers did just beat the AFC champions at home, period. And that's the one thing you come out of this game is it's better to bitch after you get a dub than after an L. If they come out of this game, Fine. Fine. you know, if you come out of this game with an L, it's really bad. You know, tacked on with the, the thought that TJ could be out for the the year. At least you get a dub, but you you got to get this better. Um, you know, this is um, you know th this isn't the way you want to address it every week. And it's a division win, so it's a big win. But this just isn't sustainable. You can't do this every week, and this cannot be your formula. Before we wrap up, Neil. What's, What's even the funniest overall? stat here? What's your I mean, thoughts? This, this is just unbelievable. I mean, it, do, you, do you realize they had 267 total yards in five quarters of football? Yes. You know how bad that is? 13 first downs in five quarters of football. Yeah. Bengals had five first downs from penalties, a lot of penalties. Seals were four for 15 on third down. I mean, this yeah, is the just Bengals had 32. Yeah, the Bengals had and, – and that's what, you know, when I was reading through those numbers, that, you know, that th – this game, it, 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 you won't see this again. I mean, the Bengals had 32, th 32 first downs to their 13. 32 first downs. I mean, they had that's 19 more number. first downs. That's huge. They had more – the, the difference between – in first downs was more than the first downs that the Steelers got. I mean, I mean, this – I mean, they ran 33 more offensive plays. I mean, four, yeah, 94 plays to 61. I mean, you know, when we say sustainable again, this was a Herculean effort that Corey talked about, um, you know, three years of winning ugly, like Steelers Freak says, this can't last forever. But they get a dub. Hopefully TJ is out for several weeks does not look like it is going to be that way. And if you're new to the experience and new to the YouTube show, make sure you like and subscribe. The subscriptions have been going up really fast once the season started. And again, just for some scheduling stuff, we will be back on Thursday, excuse me, on Wednesday, Wednesday morning to do our breakdown of the Patriots game. 
I mean, you take the dub, you move forward, you win. Let's jump into this one last point from Daryl King here. Um, and Daryl King wrote, and I want you to jump into this, Neil. Play caller has to adjust from Big Ben era and cautious. All the first downs and plays on field and defense bit never broke. What's your thoughts in terms of the, the whole thing, the point he's making about the play calling and, and, and getting adjusted in Canada, getting adjusted to uh, Trubisky, so on and so forth? I don't think it's an issue of having to adjust to the, the post Big Ben era. I don't think they did a whole lot differently than what they did at the end of Ben's time there, but that's not, that wasn't the Ben that, that was Ben. That was really just kind of a shadow of what he used to be. Uh, if, if Basically what I'm saying is if, if we're going to consider that Ben was as limited physically as he was, what we just saw was very similar to that kind of performance. That's really indicative of the fact that you don't have a good quarterback. When it comes down to it, you can't just call plays and make players better. It doesn't work like that. You've got to have some talent. You've got to have some ability to move the ball up and down the field. And they really don't do that particularly well. You can have all the playmakers you want. It will come together. But overall, Trubisky is going to have a good game. He's going to have a mediocre game. He's going to have a bad game. He will not consistently be um, above board, as Tomlin would say. And that's really more of the problem here. It's not play calling. They tried to do, do they tried to do different things in play calling. There were a lot of things that didn't work. I'm not putting everything on Trubisky, but there are a lot of things that get solved if you have a good quarterback that can make plays when other things aren't working so well. And he didn't do that at all today. It might have been one or two off schedule plays that he made. He made more mistakes in this game than the Bengals made him pay for. And I'm willing to bet that defensively, the Bengals uh, they're they're not going to grade out too terribly, but they could have made Trubisky pay much more than they did for a lot of the, the errors that he made in this game. That's a good description uh, of Trubisky's play and what you think you're going to see this year. Now, maybe I will title the show as such, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, because I think that sort of really described this game. There was a lot of good, there was a lot of bad, and there was some downright ugly in this game on both sides of the ball from both teams. And you know, we talked a lot about it. This is week one NFL football. And I think when you look at some of the scores across the league, some of the upsets, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think that is really indicative of week one and how things went. But the Steelers got a win. You win and correct, and you never apologize for wins. But we're going to get out of here and conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.